It's Wednesday, November 2nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hellen. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker, and from Motley Fool Options and Pro Canada, Jim Gillies. Yesterday's episode was so great, we decided to just get the band back together again for today's episode. Yes, sir. Really is just a way to make it up to listeners for yesterday. Did you get any responses about yesterday? Um, I didn't get any Silence. It was dead silence. Dead silence. Which is really the worst thing from listeners to be like, yeah, that that episode was nothing to say. Yeah, there's nothing to say. I did, however, get a response from Bath and Body Works. I did, as we discussed yesterday, I did contact the company about their scented candles. I did get a very quick reply from them. We'll get into that, but uh, we're going to go earnings today, and in particular, we got a bunch of restaurant stocks to get to. But let's start with Shopify, the Canadian e-commerce company. Uh, Shopify's third quarter loss was smaller than expected, so of course, uh, shares are up about seven percent today. Naturally, that because that's how we roll with unprofitable e-commerce companies. This is a very, uh, very new, very small. Mega growth story. So it's the uh, the typical story you may have seen, and I'm you know I can say like Amazon back in the in the 90s, early 2000s. Uh, this is probably not Amazon, although they do work with Amazon. Um, but it's uh, it's probably the closest thing that you're going to find in the Canadian market to uh, to a rule breaker, to use a David Gardner uh, term. You know, fast growth being called uh, overvalued by everyone and their dog. As long as the top line growth is there and they're gathering uh, additional merchants, they basically help um, small merchants, small stores, players, single individuals uh, put up their own online commerce stores. They have a set of tools where you can use their tools to create your website, your online store quickly, simply, and they just monitor and work, work it for you. They have partnerships with people like Amazon. Uh, in fact, Amazon ab- abandoned their offering to then partner with Shopify, which is an interesting vote of confidence. You know, when Amazon essentially says, you know, we'd rather, you know, in in the great make versus buy decision that businesses have to do all the time, we would rather buy from Shopify or partner with Shopify than make it ourselves. That's that's a pretty great vote of confidence. But the the story here is growth, fast growth, and uh, I think revenue is up 90 plus or something percent this morning. Uh, better than better than expected, and so that's why the stock is, is up. And unlike what my uh, what my good colleague here says, you know, this is a this is a well understood story around the fool. It's a recommendation in several services, including the aforementioned David Gardner's rule breakers. So, <laughs> what is the leadership like? Because leadership always matters, but it yes. it probably matters a little bit more for young. Uh, upstart companies. Yes, and so uh, where Shopify got its start, it's uh, CEO Tobias or Toby uh, Lutke, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. But he originally uh, he he's uh, a bit of an outdoorsman, bit of a snowboarder, and so just over a decade ago, the whole the whole point of the story was he was going to start an online commerce business to sell snowboarding gear, and he's a programmer, and that's that's what his background is, and. You know, he and his colleagues quickly realized that well, we're not going to make much money selling snowboarding gear. <laughs> that, that is a niche business. But you know what? We're going to make money. We made some really great software, and that's what we're going to make money selling. And so the business has grown from there, and it was taken public, I think, about a year and a half ago, uh, maybe two years ago. But I mean, so so Toby is still in control. He's the you know the Jeff Bezos, the Mark Zuckerberg, the whatever you want to. Uh, uh, you know, you know, visionary young leader, if you will. I guess Bezos isn't that young anymore, but um, you know, who has started these businesses and really drives the the, the company culture and drives what's going on. So he is um, 
he's still in charge. He's firm command. He's got voting control for the company. And, uh, you know, it was a good quarter in terms of what we want to see, which is we don't really care too much about uh, earnings. The operating loss is largely non-cash. They are cash po- cash flow positive. Not much. Cash flow positive. Uh, and so the top line, as it expands, and the, and the the gross merchandise volume that they allow to process is going up. Number of merchants they have is going up. That's what we want to see. Uh, last question, and then we'll get to the restaurants. This is a stock that's up sixty percent year to date. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's exciting. If you're a shareholder, I'm wondering yes. for for people who are. Uh, who are just hearing about this company or just starting to look at it now, is it too pricey or is this one of those situations as we've seen before with with young upstart companies? Look, this is the cost of doing business. Yep. If you, if you, it's it's it, not cheap. This is a stock that is never going to look cheap. Yeah, it, it's not cheap, but it's it's. I believe tilted towards the the second part of your statement there. Which this is just the cost of doing business. This is the way it is. Uh, in Pro Canada, we do own some shares. Uh, at a much cheaper price than today, so yay us. Uh, we don't own enough shares, frankly, um, but we've uh, we've been dabbling on the edges with uh, selling some put options as well to either pay us some money or get us a second, third share uh, set of shares. So we uh, we like it. We do like it for the long term. I think it's maybe around a three billion dollar market cap today. Uh, which is still tiny and in, in, in the world of of e-commerce. I mean, uh, they're either going to get a lot larger or someone else is going to buy them out. But with the the leadership that they have and the control the leadership has, um, they'll only get bought out if 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 to, uh, Toby wants them to be bought out. Texas Roadhouse's third quarter was the twenty sixth quarter in a row of traffic growth. That is that is a hell of a nice streak that they're on, Bill. Yeah, they're on a nice streak because they operate well and they don't overdo it. Uh, they're they're growing rather than uh, confronting investors with a growth story where there are uh, fits and starts and and uh, mega growth, which can be very hard to calculate. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a more stable growth story. Uh, they're still growing earnings in the sort of twenty percent range, and um, revenue is a little bit less than that. But uh, by opening stores, getting uh, so if you can simultaneously open more stores, get more people coming into your stores, restaurants in this case, uh, every quarter, and improve margins. Um, when you combine all the three of those things, you get good earnings growth uh, again and again and again. Not easy to do, and it's especially hard to do if you grow too fast. So. They've grown at a steady rate, uh, an impressive but manageable rate, and they're continuing to do so. Uh, a little bit light of expectations, so the stock is down uh, a little bit, but it's been uh, quite a good performer for for quite a while. Remind me the name of the CEO because um, I I think that you and some of the members of the Full Funds team have met with him or interviewed he, him. Yeah, he was Kent Taylor was here. Uh, for uh, one of the mutual funds uh, annual meetings, the most recent one, uh, which was back in the spring, and he was uh, our guest to talk to shareholders who could make it to the annual meeting. Uh, it's held in a couple of the uh, portfolios, the mutual funds that, that we run, and we like to get CEOs to come in and sort of tell their story and let uh, our investors get a little bit more information about what they're invested in. And he was able to make it this year and uh, gave a good presentation. I think people uh, probably were happy to have their money invested in the company through the mutual fund. And uh, we look forward to following this one for a while. 
stick with the restaurants and move on to Chewy's. Uh, third quarter profits were higher than expected, but their same store sales barely in the positive column. Zero barely, point. but uh, you'll take it. We'll take it. Zero point three percent comps. We'll take it. Zero point three. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was the twenty fifth successive quarter that uh, Chewy's has posted same store sales growth. Uh, last year was up four point two percent. Okay, so I was just about to ask: Was last year some sort of phenomenal double digit? And it wasn't, but it, it was... wasn't. But it, you know, you you do enough, uh, you know, mid single digits in a row, and eventually you have to get you, you can start pinching it, especially if you're you're uh, uh, especially if you're most restaurants will do a price uh, take once a year or twice a year, perhaps where they where they kind of gradually move up their menu, the net or the aggregate cost on your menu. Um, Unlike Texas Roadhouse, and apparently we're hitting the you know all, apparently we're hitting all the Tex-Mex Humidex uh, you know restaurants this this month or this day. Humidex, the um, Humidex heat, hot food. Okay, no, uh, oh, sorry. Okay, is this a Canadian term? <laughs> you guys don't have a Humidex down here. You'll never hear about the temperature is you know it's twenty five degrees thirty with the Humidex. No, 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 no. Okay, that's called the heat index down here. Oh, okay. So no. if you if you're talking, well, oh, it's 90 degrees, but it's also 100 percent humidity. All oh, right, you're still so. using Fahrenheit too, aren't you? And, and is this the first time the like, podcast like, has got off the rails? Well, by like, the way, like all right thinking cultures, yes, we're still using Fahrenheit. The country in the world using it. Uh, anyway, back on topic for Chewies. Um, Best country in the world? Is that what you said? I, I am going home. So you've come here today dressed up, and finally, for those longtime listeners, uh, we have an example of the lumber sexual look. I <laughs> we're doing we're, sure. So this episode is a Facebook Live episode, so the video is is uh, streaming live on Facebook now. But for anyone who wants to, uh, you know, anyone who's listening to the podcast and is thinking, oh. What is what is Jim Gillies wearing? That Nobody's is, thinking that. Is, uh, well, they are now. That Bill referenced your shirt, and uh, you can check it out. You can go to the Motley Fools section. I on think it Facebook. qualifies because it's more in the tidiness of the, the facial hair, and I mean it's not plaid exactly. Not what, exactly. what we would call he looks this sharp. Shirt. He looks sharp. Yeah. As do all lumber. We are sexuals. really off the rails at this point. Okay, sorry. No more so than usual. <laughs> you, you, were, you were making a point uh, about. I don't even remember the point. Um, but just you know, we're we're just hitting all of the Tex-Mex restaurants, all that type of uh, uh, all that type of food, and this is this is pretty good. Um, <laughs> I'm right off the rails where I was going to go with Chewy's. Uh, it was a decent quarter. There, um, a lot of what Bill said about Texas Roadhouse applies over here in that they have been doing very much the measured growth. Uh, you know, twenty and and it's been largely. Successful for them, they do two or three new restaurants a quarter. They're only got uh, they're only up to seventy eight stores total. Where Texas Roadhouse, I think, is approaching six hundred. If they're already not, uh, they've already not lapped it. Does Chewy's franchise? Uh, Chewy's does not yet franchise. Okay, not yet. Texas Roadhouse franchises, um, because I, there was yeah. there was something I had seen in their report which uh, caught my attention. A lot of times, when we when we see restaurant stocks where there's a combination of company owned and franchise, there is usually some sort of significant deviation in the results mm-hmm. when you compare those two groups. Um, Texas Roadhouse, this the sales growth in this latest quarter was almost identical. It was like 0.1 percent uh, off one from the other. I, I was just sort of surprised that their franchisees are are delivering almost the exact same results as the company owned restaurants is i mean 
Is, I, I don't think I, I don't think that's as unusual uh, as as you're indicating. It does when they are doing different things. And one of the companies that we've talked about here recently, Panera, which is uh, sort of rolling out Panera 2.0 versions of its stores, and that has started with the company-owned stores. And and the success of it in the company-owned stores is going to lead, one assumes, the franchisees to put the money in that it will require to uh, mimic what the company-owned stores have been doing. So, at a time when uh, there's a difference in what is going on between the company-owned and the franchise operations, you would expect different numbers. But Texas Roadhouse is is really not in that position right now. It's pretty much the same experience uh, across the different stores. And you, of course, want to make sure that you are, I mean, that comes down to, are you picking good franchisees? I mean, you will sometimes see stores or chains where the franchisees almost go to war with the, the with the corporate store, or with the corporate overlords about you know hey you're not going to tell us what menu prices to set and and so I mean I've not looked at Texas Roadhouse but from what you both of you were saying it sounds like they're doing it right uh, you know you got a few examples of companies where yeah like the existing franchisees get really really cheesed off at corporate management and you kind of go okay well what what can that be doing for performance wise but as of now Chewy's again they've only got 78 restaurants. They are they're not in the franchise game and they're and they're they're aiming to grow store count fifteen to twenty percent for probably annually for the foreseeable future. Minimum five, probably ten years. And so it becomes a, a bit of a virtuous circle. You know, they have uh, you know, no debt. They're all they're they're nicely cash generative. All that cash is going into new store uh, development. And, you know, I think I think Chewy's is gonna be one of those one of those companies where you're gonna wake up in five years and the stock will have tripled and you kinda of go, Oh, well that's interesting. But they won't be really comparatively any more expensive than they are today because they'll just, you know, instead of a base of seventy eight stores, they'll have a base of two hundred stores and what have you. It's not Shopify from a stock perspective. It's not Shopify, no. The and and again I, I think I think you can have that kind of growth profile with a Shopify. But I mean, if I if I saw that kind of growth profile with a restaurant concept, I would be running screaming for the hills. Oh, I think we have that, and it's called Shake Shack. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I've looked at Shake Shack a little bit enough to know that I'm I'm overly nervous about it. Yeah, like their product. Yeah. But holy cow, when that thing went public and the the stock shot up to ninety, it was you didn't have to be. And I like restaurant stocks most of the time, but I just Shake Shack was just no nope, too expensive. It's a burger joint. Who else will be able to deliver burgers and shakes? I <laughs> nobody, right? Here, <laughs> Chipotle is going into that market. They are. We actually yeah. one of our listeners uh, in Ohio. Uh, they, t- the first one opened last week. Tweet, tweeted some photos. Uh, that looked like there were pretty significant lines, and her review was, "Eh, it's a burger. <laughs> it was it's a just burger. like it was fine. It was fine." <laughs> Uh, Denny's third quarter profits came in as expected. Same store sales were up one percent, and apparently that was amazing because shares of Denny's are up about ten percent today. What is <laughs> what's going on here? Well, they it's been a pretty steady operation, and last quarter there were some one-time charges, so that was the first uh, quarter where there there weren't profits, at least uh, on on gap metrics, and. In a, in a little while, so a, a return to normalcy is more or less uh, what has occurred here. It is a stock that has had some some big moves uh, in the past, and over the last two years, as a stock has has really flattened out a bit, and the operations 
um, have sort of caught up to where the price had moved. If you go back to 2014, it had some rather dramatic um, improvements in, in operations, and the stock price uh, followed. So, since then, sort of digesting that, 1% comps for the quarter, this is really not that exciting a story. And it, it's just kind of recovering from last quarter, where there were those one-time charges. They're remodeling some of the stores, and and that is is beginning to to show up in some increased sales. But not, you know, it's it's the same thing, really. I mean, when you go into a Denny's, you have certain expectations about what you're going to experience, and and I think investors should have reasonably uh, similar expectations about what they're going to experience with a quarterly report. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. I feel like Denny's just as a restaurant is is uh, reliable. I could be wrong there. Clearly, when we were chatting beforehand, uh, Dylan Lewis, who's uh, who's one of the hosts on Industry Focus and is helping us out with the Facebook Live thing today. Uh, Dylan, not a, I think fair to say, not a fan of Denny's. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. But I, I feel like you know, if you're if he's not alone. You're you're on the road. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you, you get, know what you're going to get at Denny's. You know what you're going to get. It's, you go in and order, you know, something out of the but, traditional breakfast, or you get your uh, turkey sandwich. Or yeah, but if you're in a world with fries, a smartphone, with Yelp and TripAdvisor and all manner of restaurant suggestions at your fingertips, I mean. Why are you not seeking out something, anything other than Denny's in any city you go to? <laughs> well, and that's where I think I, I, I I'm w- sorry, Denny's, but I just you I, say it's reliable. Yeah, it's reliable. I think some people have mediocre. grown up loving it, right? I mean, that is an experience they go back to uh, as something that reminds them of, of growing up, perhaps of heartburn past. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that it, it it could be a situation where. I mean, isn't a part of Cracker Barrel's strategy that they just want to be right there off the highway? So I feel like Denny's could be pursuing the same strategy, or maybe should be pursuing the mm-hmm. same strategy, where it's like, I'm on the highway, I need a meal, but oh, okay, it's right there. I know what I'm going to get there. I don't. Whereas in any sort of an urban setting where there are other choices, and as you said, Jim, you've got your smartphone. And it's like, no, I want, I want a local diner. You know, I, I think that one of the one of the most striking things for me on this in this whole um, concept is so you were both in Montreal this summer at one point, where you yes, not? Do, yes. Do you like Montreal? Yes, yeah. loved Montreal. Montreal. Loved, had a great so, time. In so Montreal. you go to, you go into old Montreal, downtown Montreal. You know, historic Packed with Denny's. N- no. <laughs> No, no, but you know, down there, remember. there's all. I mean, Montreal is one of the great eating cities in North America, right? It's a fantastic yes. place. And in old Montreal, with all of the you know the centuries old you know stonework, there's a Domino's Pizza, very prominently located. I'm like, who on earth is coming to old Montreal and ordering Domino's? This is no slight against Domino's, but who's ordering Domino's Pizza Hut Pizza Pizza? Sounded like a slight against. Okay, Domino's. it's a mild slight against Domino's. It really did. But yeah. but who is going to chain restaurants in? These fantastic areas of you know history and culture and food, I just I, I don't get it. Americans. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's probably a few Canadians going too, but I just I'm like you know, think, aim for better is what I'm saying. Aim for better. I, you know, think that that you'll find uh, similar uh, restaurants. Uh, I'm just saying this is coming from someone who who owns and recommends a lot of chain restaurant companies. So I am nothing if not hypocritical. Yeah, they've got plenty of uh, unique spots there, and they've got some of the chains, and and uh, just enough to offend you. 
which I think is is probably the strategy. That <laughs> From their standpoint, <laughs> mission accomplished. There you go. So on yesterday's episode, oh, here we go. <laughs> we hang in there. Um, I feel like that's the not to revisit that train wreck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I feel like that's what I should have been saying yesterday to our <laughs> listeners. Hang in there. We're, we're almost done. Uh, so, yesterday we talked about Bath & Body Works, which is one of the companies in the L Brands portfolio, and we spent way too much time talking about the scented candles. But, I made good on my promise. I contacted the company to say, you know what? Uh, we're, we're interested in how you pick your many, many scents for your candles, and we're interested in talking to someone about what is that process like, and how can we get involved? I, I kept it a little vague, but I, I wanted to make clear, like uh, I, I wanted to get. Across, We've got some ideas. We've got some ideas, and we would like to have a conversation. Petroleum. Now, here's 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 what I will say on the positive side for Bath and Body Works. Their customer relations people are on top of it because I got a reply almost instantly. Um, you didn't recognize that as an auto reply? No, this I don't think this. It was a form. It was probably a form. It was a form. It's a form email. Yeah. Uh, from Jamie, uh, senior customer relations representative at Bath and Body Works, and I'll just read it. Uh, Dear Chris, thank you for emailing us. It's wonderful to have customers like you who take the time to share their thoughts and suggestions with us. With us. Well, at no point did I say I was actually a customer, but I, so yeah, it was a form. Um, goes on to say, uh, we're flattered you've spent time thinking about new items for our stores. Uh, we too are always thinking of new items and fragrances to offer our customers. In fact, one of the best things about working at Bath and Body Works is the time dedicated to brainstorming and experimenting. Now, I will confess, at this point in the email, I started to get excited. I thought, oh, great, we're going to get involved in the brainstorming and experimenting. Um, but then Jamie goes on to say, in accordance with our long-standing corporate policy, we do not accept any unsolicited submissions from professionals or individuals who suggest ideas and submit materials. The purpose of this is to avoid any misunderstandings or conflicts that may arise if your ideas are similar to those we may develop independently. Uh, if we can be of any further assistance, please reply or and enclose a phone number. I think I think I need to take one more step here. I think I need to take one more run at this and say. Here's what we're looking for. We're looking to be. We're not looking to take any credit, and we're not looking to take any money. We just want our idea out there. What is our idea? Well, I th- that's what I wanted to get more clarity on. So, first of all, we need to give ourselves credit for in discussing. <laughs> yes, by all means. L brands not taking the standard uh, coverage, which you know at CNBC, uh, you've got the B roll of the Victoria's Secret, um, you know, lingerie show, and and they're focusing on the prurient interests of of their audience, and we are talking about the candles, which are under. <laughs> Yes, undercovered in in this business as Bath and Body Works is when when looking at L Brands compared to uh, Victoria's Secret, and we really looked at this and we've given a lot of thought. To, is you know if with a limited number of candles that you can put out there, is having one of them be flannel, <laughs> which is one of one of their candle scents. Sweater can, weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. I you know I think we're all intrigued by what that smells like. Whereas flannel, I just think. I, have you ever said fresh flannel? I'm just. Can we get that fresh flannel out then? So we you can say smell sweater it. weather. I just think of like hockey sweaters, and I'm like, I've been in a Oof. lot of hockey locker rooms, and that is not a candle I would ever buy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't play enough hockey here and to just, Im- immediately oh. make that that. Uh, yeah. 
Do you play hockey in sweaters? They're they're well, they jerseys, call sweaters they? or jerseys occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Hockey sweater, yeah. Really? There's a famous story called the hockey sweater. Is the NHL? It's not that famous. Uh, I haven't heard of it. Have you heard of this this uh, famous story? That's because you're you are south of the uh, south of the uh, Wallace border. <laughs> Is the NHL playing this season, or are they still oh, yeah. on the uh, alternating? Because there was a while there <laughs> where the NHL would take every other season off. I didn't know if they were. If they they, they were. are playing and very excited about their their young players. How are the Leafs looking? The Leafs beat uh, Edmonton last night, three to two. Nice. The, the Leafs are the, they are playing the youth brigade this year, so very excited they got the first overall pick last year. Nice. Oh, right, They've Austin got, Matthews. D- didn't he score something like four goals in four, his first four goals in, first in his game? first game ever? Wow! And I think he scored one since. This is one of the scents we missed yesterday. Oh, okay, good. Crisp morning air. Okay, so not New Orleans, <laughs> not anywhere humid. Uh, crisp Houston, morning Houston, air. crisp. Crisp. It's got that morning air smell. By See, burning this candle, I can produce that crisp morning air smell. Yeah, it seems unlikely to me. So, uh, so um, uh, one of my uh, children is is here today. Uh, she made a point uh, because she has was, she moved here. <laughs> she's she was here yesterday. Yeah, she was too, here right? yesterday. She, she, yeah, it kind of seems like we're, we're we're putting her on the payroll. Um, she made a point because she was listening to yesterday. She made a. a a pretty good contrary point because she's more of a fan of Bath and Body Works than I am, and she said, "You know what they're doing with things like sweater weather and wasn't there a snow one? Wasn't there one like you know with 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 scented candles where the name of the candle is crisp morning yeah, air? Yeah, it was like sweater. fresh sparkling snow fresh, or something. Or something yeah. She something said, like that. you know, they're not they're not trying to appeal to your nose. They're trying to appeal to just your. They're trying to get you on an emotional level." And that's a good point, and I and I understand that. I still think it's kind of absurd that there's a scented candle called crisp morning air. Yeah, you come to Toronto just outside of February, and you talk to me about your deep emotional <laughs> connection to the snow. Yeah, feel free. Yeah, you're done with the crisp morning air at that <laughs> point. All right, you can sign up for declarations. It's the free monthly newsletter. It's free. It's a free monthly newsletter. And it's got quality. It's easily worth the price. It's easily worth the price, and it's got. It's often worth more than the price. Yeah, and unlike uh, occasionally, (laughs) unlike the last two episodes of Market Foolery, there's actual investing content in it. So go to foolfunds.com and sign up for declarations. We haven't even talked about the you know the decorative gourd season dramatic reading that I wanted to address. Right. I did tweet out a link to uh, the McSweeney's uh, classic essay. It's decorative gourd season. And did you have any? All right, just a Canadian. Who? Who? What Canadian would you have do a dramatic reading? A dramatic reading. A dramatic, dramatic reading, reading of a comedic essay. I mean, Bill and I were tossing around names like Samuel L. Jackson. Um, not a Canadian. Not technically Canadian. Not Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Bill Mann and I, we could only think of Getty Lee and Peter Jennings <laughs> as um, Peter Canadian. Jennings. P- Peter is, Jennings will is, be difficult to get. Is, is, yeah, availability. Uh, is an issue you could there. you could patch it together. I mean, he's he's done enough on the air that if you really worked at it, I think you could you could get all those words. Not all to, of them, but but, uh, <laughs> but most of them. <laughs> But also, there, William Shatner would be a possibility. William Shatner would be that would be a strong open. Um, Lauren Michaels. Yeah, I, I would I would maybe go uh, for uh, the the other gender and get Sarah McLaughlin. To do to do, it's, she, she, uh, she certainly has. Uh, she has a wonderful know, voice. I'm not she sure if she brings voice. the anger that that I'm looking for <laughs> in in this particular dramatic. Anger, reading. anger, angry Canadians. 
Yeah, that that that. That's I mean, that doesn't is, look. Stephen Harper, former but, but, prime I mean, minister, is not doing anything right my, now. I mean, what about Mike Myers? Michael Myers. Again, not sure. There's too much anger going yeah, on. But, but he can. I think he could do it, right? And probably available. <laughs> yeah. After the love guru, I think he's available for <laughs> weddings, parties, anything. Jim Gillies, Bill Barker, thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. Thanks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. Foolapalooza, our annual meeting, is later this week, so we're going to be off until Monday. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. 